At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Michael Lombardi on assignment. I'm here, though. I'm Patrick Maher. He's here. He's Wes Reynolds. Got the squad and ready to go for the next hour. Josh Applebaum's going to join us. He's got, it looks, it appears to me, Wes Reynolds, he's got about 11 days left as far as vernacular. He can use the term steam for another 11 days. The, it'll be interesting how he will connote or denote how the line movement without being able to use steam. Do you have suggestions for Josh Applebaum? The, the line is uh, simmering. I'm trying to think of some cooking terms that we could use, maybe. Uh, we might have to check in with Emerald Lagazzi on that one. I don't know if simmering <laughs> is good. I don't know if simmering it's is good. It's simmering, and it's going to get hit here pretty soon. <laughs> it certainly is. Uh, we mentioned just a little bit ago, you've got first pitch at Comerica. By the way, Miggy chasing 500 still has yet to get there. Um, right now, Quintana in. Uh, for Sandoval, uh, for the Angels, the lefty. Detroit actually rakes against lefties, manning the rookie on the bump for the Tigers, but the Tigers are getting bet. I botched it earlier. 109-ish, 110. I think you're seeing the same thing. The total has jumped up to 9.5. Have you seen that, Wes? Yeah, right now, uh, 9.5. Slightly juiced to the under at minus 115, but Matt Manning getting the money for the reasons we said earlier. Quintana in and out of the starting lot, uh, rotation, basically. A lot of bullpen work. Has been solid over his last several innings, but Quintana Tana on the road, numbers aren't pretty. 866 road ERA, 590 slugging. And the other early one today in Tampa. You want to lay a price? Good luck with it. Uh, let's see. Tampa's lane, almost 360 at a couple shops. 365 at one with Lopez and Baltimore in town. Yeah, and I'm not going to go ahead and do that. Now, sometimes it depends on the game and the situation, but usually when you get these early games, and especially if both teams have to travel now in case of Tampa Bay, they're going to stay right at home and get the White Sox in town for a big series this weekend. But especially when these two teams like do travel, when it's an early morning game, usually I would like to go to the under. And the under's getting a little bit of support here, Lopez against McClanahan. Lopez at least has a better XFIP than he does in ERA, about a run and a half mm -hmm. difference. So maybe some positive regression here. But I mean, you're going to see what the betters are going to do. They're going to pick up, pick the bones here of the bad teams like the Baltimore Orioles pretty much day in and day out. You're going to start to see these $3 favorites and maybe even $4 favorites. Like when you get the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks again, mm -hmm. if you get them throughout the season or the Dodgers and the Pirates, you're going to start to see these $4 favorites. Like when you get like a Scherzer on the mound or you get a real ace on the mound. So 
I'm not going to lay it with Tampa Bay. Then again, I don't know if I want to step in front of it with Baltimore. If you made me, that's what I would do, but I would lean to the under there. And then, of course, week two of the preseason underway tonight, New England and Philly, they have been joint practicing together, which coaches would tend to value those practices. You can uh, specialize in those practices, but we do have week two of the preseason kicking off tonight. I think conceptually, it'll be interesting to see how these teams handle. Andy Reid showed his hand when he said his starters would be playing a half tomorrow night. Belichick's really never going to give you any information. I think you're going to see plenty of cam. You saw your boy Mac and Cheese, Mac Jones, behind... Uh, the first string starters there for, I think it was a series in their first preseason mm-hmm. game, which by the way, was a little misleading West. Cause if you take a look at it, didn't they score 19th, 19 in the fourth new England in that first yes. preseason game. So totally misleading and Philly a little misleading as well. Cause they lost to the Steelers. They played great in the first quarter and also the second quarter just fell apart in the second half. Not odd to see. Yeah. Right. And, and, and you saw that late touchdown, of course, that I believe the books uh, probably not as big decision but got kind of middled on that total. It opened like 32, got up to 37, and where did it land? Right in the middle there with the kid. I know Bill Belichick probably wanted him to go down, but look, that's a guy trying to make impression and trying to make the ball club. He is not going to go Brian Westbrook and go down at the goal line so you can run the clock. So, you know, good good on the kid. He wants to make the ball club. So just looking at this too, one thing I noticed is that the Patriots have a lot of injuries at tight end. I think they were down like three or four tight ends here. So that's going to take something away, especially from a Cameron Newton that's needing to throw underneath a little bit more that really weren't, wasn't having the time to throw a lot of deep balls last season. So I do lean Eagles tonight. I don't disagree with the move at all. And I thought the point, listen, the arm strength's not off the charts, but the poison accuracy, Mac Jones is going to be an accurate passer Mm -hmm. as far as his NFL career. I thought that was very evident. We'll come back with this just quickly. New England open a point and a half, mostly a point right now. They're laying at that total open 37. It's been bet up to 38 and a half at a couple of shops. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VSIN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi line. He's on assignment, so we got our buddy Wes Reynolds in. Okay, time to have a little fun. Let's mix it up a little bit. So I gave my review of Allegiant Stadium. You went with our buddy Brady Cannon and the squad. You went to Allegiant Stadium. Here, I just said, Wes, and I want to wrap this up into home field advantages, potentially having now fans. Uh, I thought the acoustics at Allegiant Stadium were awesome. So let's have a discussion. My, in a word, I thought breathtaking. If you think about what Allegiant Stadium is, MetLife Stadium, which is a sterile dump in Jersey where the Giants and Jets play, was about $2 billion to build back in 2009-2010. This Allegiant Stadium cost $1.9, so let's just call it $2 billion, and that's in, you know, obviously modern times. People are like, well, SoFi is nicer. Of course, SoFi is nicer. It costs five and a half billion to. Right. And we, what are we? We live in a city of 650,000 people. There's over 4 million people in Los Angeles. You would expect there to be a bit of a chasm between Allegiant Stadium and SoFi. But let's get into this, and we can talk about the Raiders with it. What did you think about the stadium? Yeah, I mean, I think that the taxpayers here in Clark County and in the state of Nevada <laughs> at least got their money's worth from a facility standpoint. They invested your money very well. The building yes. is nice. The acoustics. One of the things I like, too, is there's like an actual stage in one of the end zones, and there's a little, like, window outside where if you're right by there, you can see a view of the strip right. outside because one of the things that we had on Saturday, and really only in Las Vegas, that's what makes this town so unique, could you get the halftime entertainment 
segment we got. We got Carlos Santana and his band doing a halftime show. Now, only 15 minutes, so it wasn't like a full show, but a 15-minute halftime show for a preseason opener. It's not bad. Where else do you get that? You usually get some kind of mar- high school marching band or, like, hooray for everything or something <laughs> like that. So you get some kind of entertainment doing that. You had him doing the halftime show, Marie Osmond, with the residency here, right here in Las Vegas as well did the national anthem so that stage from an entertainment standpoint and you talked about the acoustics and i think a loud lot of was man because of it's going to be a concert venue we've already had Good garth point. brooks there guns and roses is going to be there next weekend summer slam i believe is here on saturday night for wwe so look it is a beautiful stadium it is state-of-the-art uh, it's very well. It's very nice. It's very well done. The logistics around attending the game is going to be a major pain in the you know what here, though, because they got to get the staging area worked out for the Ubers and the lifts. Uh, obviously, the parking. I was talking to people about parking. There were some places I won't necessarily name them on the strip for self parking that are charging. 70. Oh, they're going to gouge. Yeah, they're charging like seventy five dollars, a hundred dollars, and that is just ridiculous. And what I did because I kind of live. Uh, south of town here on the south side of las vegas what i did is basically drove to a place called town square which is on the strip but kind of south of Mm -hmm. all the properties and uber did the mandalay bay to meet brady and company and then we just walked over the bridge now that walk over the bridge is not very far if you're going from like mandalay bay or if you're going for 12 minutes it's really not bad no it's not at all so i mean now now look i had never really walked to a football game in 100 plus degree weather or anything like that so that was a new experience but they they have by the way if you get thirsty and you know it's hot outside they do have water stations on the way complimentary so but the process of getting in the building is your typical process okay you got to have your mask on empty your pockets put it in the little bin they put your hands over your head and they scan you through the metal detector and you're good to go so you know i thought and, and you would also expect, too, when you go in there, the concessions are going to be expensive. But they're always going to be expensive at a new stadium. But I thought, by and large, the stadium is great. It's a great atmosphere. I can't wait to see it when it's full. We had about 50,000 in there on Saturday. Pretty it was good. a pretty good crowd for a preseason game, but people were excited. I think, you know, getting down the in-game experience, I think the crowd that was there was obviously very excited. So, review of Allegiant Stadium, largely positive, but obviously not a lot of parking around there so you're gonna have to make different arrangements i think if you're unless you're staying here and then you can just walk across the bridge if you're staying somewhere on the strip or nearby but if you're a local and you want to park you're probably best getting on one of those shuttle buses or maybe ubering to a location to where you can be let off and it's walkable or parking somewhere else at least somewhat nearby and wes is very modest but let's be fair when he talks about where he lives here in town two words gated community (laughs) Don't laugh, Wes. Okay, kind of. Couple couple, couple of swag. Couple of things. Now, and and Brett Musburger, nobody sharp. The reason this network is here is because of the Musburgers and Bill AD and the crew. But nobody's sharper than Brett. And Brett was having some fun, I believe, on Twitter yesterday. Let's talk about the policy Allegiant Stadium has set up for the regular season. Now, there is going to be a vaccination policy for guests at Allegiant Stadium. That is the first domino to fall. I assure you the rest are coming. But, you know, I guess with the governor, um, the owner of the, obviously he said, we're going to have a mandate and it, the mandate mm-hmm. is a, is a blanket 
over anybody attending Allegiant Stadium. For those of you betting and looking for an edge, so Lamar Jackson in week one comes to town. Lamar Jackson, obviously, he and Kirk Cousins and others have been reluctant to get, as far as we know, reluctant to get the vaccine. That is not going to have an impact on on the actual players, and I would like to discern. Um, that's a players association deal. Like yeah. this, this is, this has nothing to do. Yeah. Let's just make sure that we discern. If, if Michael were here, he could probably explain it better than us, but it is part of the collective bargaining agreement, the CBA. So look, uh, Brent was just, I think kind of having a little totally. fun there, but Lamar Jackson is going to be on the field unless he's injured. So from, from that policy standpoint, but uh, I found an interesting tweet and darn it. They took it down because I think they knew that they miswrote it. It was from NBC, Los Angeles, uh, the affiliate out there in LA. What do you got? And they basically worded it about, you know, Raiders change COVID policy, get shot on site. Like, you can get the shot. <laughs> They're actually going to have uh, an area where you can get vaccinations right there at the stadium. Now, you still have to wear the mask because, obviously, the vaccination, you're just fresh getting it. So, they'll still you make you wear the mask in terms of in the stadium. But I thought, get shot on site. The way it was worded, I was like, I know the black hole is pretty hardcore, but this is ridiculous. I mean... <laughs> I mean, they're going to shoot you if you don't have that mask on or that or that vaccine. And so. part of the policy is if you are fully vaccinated and had the, the 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 period, what is it, two weeks, you don't have to wear a mask. So that's part of the I think that's what they're trying to entice some of the locals with. Right. as Well, right. Yeah. So, I mean, and I understand. And, and look, that's one thing, too is everything is so political and I don't I don't want to be political here but look Mark Davis knows that even though last year was the inaugural season this is essentially the first season town so you want to be cooperative with everybody politicians on both sides of the aisle you want to be cooperative with the business community so you know I'm sure Mark Davis and the ownership and the brass with the Raiders are having this discussion also with the players and everybody it's like hey we're new here in town you only have one chance to make a first impression right so it's like okay when you guys go out to dinner Tip, tip your servers, tip your valets. We don't want to get a reputation. Hey, these Raider guys aren't tipping because one person puts that out on social media and it goes viral. Yep. You know, it's like when you go to when you go to a store or something and they get your install wrong on your storm door in your home. It's like, oh, I'm never going to Lowe's or Home Depot again. You one person's going to tell like 25 people about it and then it's going to go on and on. So that's the thing with the Raiders. They're trying to be cooperative, not make any waves. They want to build the excitement. Obviously, you want to gain the trust and the admiration of the community. So look, not fighting City Hall, I guess, so to speak, Patrick. No, 100 percent. And by the way, the synergy or the irony, we were just talking Raiders and Rams. Well, the Raiders will travel to Los Angeles coming up on Saturday. That number is jumping all over the place. A huge mm-hmm. move. Open Las Vegas three. I'm looking at a seven offshore. I'm seeing mostly six and a half. And there's good reason. I just mentioned that Gruden seven and one ATS in the preseason as the Raider head coach. He takes it very seriously. Some one the- thing I will say, I don't mean to no, interrupt here, but about the Raiders, one thing I noticed, it's tough to take too much out of that game because of so many players, 31 sat out for Seattle, 25 for the Raiders. One thing I will say for the Raiders, and it's not necessarily that I'm high on them because I'm not necessarily this season, but one thing that did impress me, they were more physical on both sides of the ball, especially on the offensive and defensive line than was Seattle. So I don't want to overly be concerned no, on the Seattle side because they sat a lot of starters, but I will say that. And, and that's to your point about Gruden taking it seriously. They were more physical and they just looked more ready to play. And conversely, 
the Rams, Sean McVay, very much will not be taking this seriously. No, he and and he's he's unabashed as far as his approach. Wes, he's not concerned with what people think about his. I guess you want to call it new age approach, Sean McVay, to the preseason. He's not concerned, and there's a good reason. This Rams team is very, very much not deep. I mean, the way that they've constructed this roster is they're top heavy. They're pretty. They're pretty good everywhere, but they ain't deep anywhere. Right. Right. So that gives me a little concern about having used them as one of my Super Bowl wagers at 14 to 1. I love it. But, but I, I do like this team. I think, you know, you can look at those numbers on Matthew Stafford. Okay, oh, he had a losing record in Detroit. He only played and started in three football games in 12 seasons in terms of the playoffs. But you also got to understand Matthew Stafford, and you know this well being from Michigan, he's never had this good of a defense. Not even and close. I'm not saying this defense is going to repeat as a number one defense last year, but you start with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and go from there. That's pretty darn good. But to your point, they are very top heavy. Les Need and Sean McVay are going for it, not only this year, but also probably next year. But they realize they got like a two year window Absolutely. to really go for this. Look at what they gave. They gave away Jer- or traded Jared Goff to Detroit, gave away two future numbers number ones and a third round pick. So it's like, this is go time for the Los Angeles Rams. And I think Stafford is going to fit in just fine here. I think maybe a little bit of pressure is going to be off in this season because he doesn't feel like he has to go out and score 30 points a game because he's got a defense that can get you three and outs. And he's a grinder. He's a very smart dude. I think the combination of he, and you even saw two, two at well pop. I think the combination of he and McVay together and McVay's very, he's a brilliant play caller. And, you know, even Floyd who popped, last year was huge for them defensively and they've got the best player of his generation up front who's just a stud obviously and Aaron Donald the number though quickly Raiders excuse me uh, the Rams hosting the Raiders I mean it's all the way up to six and a half the totals low 135 do not expect anything from the Rams here just and we've got it actually officially our number via DraftKings at six do you have a lean here I could only play just on the movement the Rams but this is probably one I'm going to stay out of uh, one thing I'll say going back to the review of Allegiant Stadium now this is a one game sample size this is surely now did you change. see Garth Brooks I did not I did not. I wish I would. Feels have, like though. I would. I wish I would have because apparently now he's not going to do any more shows for a while. Hey, but you know who's coming? George Strait. I definitely he, will go see George Strait at the Mandalay. Oh, you got extra T-Mobile. tickets? I, I, oh, he's I'll not. Oh, get never mind. He's going to the T-Mobile. I thought it was but, Allegiant. I, yeah, but speaking of Allegiant, I wanted to bring that sure. up. Uh, one thing about that, and it's a one-game sample size, this will surely change when we get to the regular season. At least at Allegiant Stadium, there wasn't one of those fracases that there was at SoFi Stadium. If you saw social media with the, uh, I believe she just called <laughs> Ursula the Sea Witch, threw that full coke at the dude that was talking smack in the Aaron Donald jersey, and once that Coke hit him and it was a full Coke now that probably cost about 10 or 15 bucks anyway. And then all of a sudden he started swinging and then he realized really quickly he was outnumbered and there was about six or seven dudes beating him down. And then there were just people kind of on the periphery of like, Oh, I want to get into this. Like they were Steven Jackson. Like, it's like, well, somebody's in trouble. I'm going to go start throwing the, so I've lived in New York and I lived in LA, the energy at Dodger stadium. I'll just use that as an example. It's, it's not even close to what you feel in the Bronx or what you feel in Queens. It's just this palpable, just frenetic 
feels like a fight about the – and, again, that is not what you'd – that's not the perception of the West Coast and West Coast fans in general. But I'm telling you all right now, the absolute just frenetic vibes inside Dodger Stadium and now, obviously, SoFi with the fight you're referencing, it's off the charts. I don't know what it is about Los Angeles. It's a it's a great place to live with plenty of options, but people want to fight. Yeah. And you saw – and that – you called her a witch. I think you're being kind. That chick that threw the drink at – I mean, she escalated the whole yeah, entire situation. Yeah, she did. And boy, she got out of the scene and kind of, of looked at the camera and you saw that look on her face. It's like, yeah, you know what you did, girl. You know what you did. You started this whole thing. But boy, you brought that up in terms of Chargers Rams. It's like when the Chargers come here to Allegiant Stadium for the first time and when Charger fan and Raider fan get together can sometimes be a dangerous spot. So w- watch your backside here if you're going to that game. And there are no. And when I I'll say this, it is insane how little and in. Britain, you know this from living in Los Angeles. The Chargers aren't supported in Los Angeles. The Spanos family in the NFL yeah. collectively really did a disservice. The Spanos family still has their first nickel, basically, oh. in San Diego. They are they are not the uh, most spendthrift of ownership. Yeah, the Davises and Spanos would be towards the bottom as far as overall value. And Spanos, as soon as they jump to Los Angeles, obviously uh, the appraisal of that franchise skyrocketed. But they don't have support in Los Angeles. So if you're thinking home field, you're not going to get it at SoFi. In fact, I went to, you know, in Carson, I went to the soccer stadium where the Galaxy played the MLS team to watch the Chargers and when I was there, it was Kansas City in town and it was 80% Kansas City. So you'll mm-hmm. see a lot of that in LA. Quickly on Kansas City, this number's touching three now tomorrow night in Arizona West and I think for good reason and that is just, you know, Andy Reid came out and essentially said I'm playing everybody the first half. Yeah, so you're certainly seeing, I think it's three for the full game, but we'll wait to see, too, because books are not putting out first halves, by the way. Usually first halves in the regular season, like on Friday or Saturday morning, you'll have them out. They're probably not going to put these up till tomorrow. It would not surprise me to see. It's kind of one of those like NBA playoff deals where it's like that first quarter and first half, and they tax it into the line. It would not surprise me to see Kansas City a bigger favorite in the first half than they are for the full game tomorrow. So you might see a money line very very similar. You might see the Chiefs like three or three and a half in the first half, and then this line stay two and a half and three for the full game. That's a great point. Justin Fields is getting bet to start in week one. What does Wes Reynolds think? We'll find out when we come back. And did you hear Andy Dalton? Big Red ain't giving up his starting position easy. He got cocky yesterday. He said, this is my time in Chicago. Justin Fields will have his. We'll give you those rookie numbers as far as starting in week one with the quarterbacks next here. It's the Lombardi line. VSIN, the sports betting network. You missed anything. It's at VSIN live on Twitter. VSIN.com.
live from the VEASAN studios here at South Point. Wes Reynolds hanging out with me today. Lucky to have Wes here. You know, one thing I will say about Kansas City, just circling back to what we mentioned, that I want to get to Chicago and their starting quarterback situation, Wes, is Kansas City. It's interesting because Ben Britton gave me Chiefs first loss. So week two at the Ravens, plus 155. That's the favorite for their first loss of the year. I think the Chiefs are interesting. I think part of the reason, you know, Andy Reid wants to play tomorrow night in Arizona at first half, essentially, this is an, a brand new offensive line. I think it's going to be dicey. Specifically, everybody gets on Fisher, but he was at least an anchor, yes. good player at yes. left tackle, and you saw just absolutely naked Mahomes running around in the Super Bowl. It's going to be a good offensive line because they've signed some good pieces, but I think it's going to take a little bit to gel in Kansas City. Yeah, I do as well, and and look at the it's a rebuilt Bowl, offensive line. The Super Bowl hangover, I do think, is a very real phenomenon. Now, last year, San Francisco is a little more extreme because of obviously COVID-19 pretty much wreak havoc with the schedule. You had a lot of guys get injured and they couldn't make it up because it's like this 49er team last year was really talented, but they come off that Super Bowl loss. And as you said, now this offensive line, because we go back to that game against Cleveland and Patrick Mahomes got hurt. Who did they have to put the ball in his hand to run for that first down? It was Chad Henney had to get them. They don't get to the Super Bowl if Chad Henney does not make that first down so yeah this offensive line with Orlando Brown now in there and 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 Humphrey and a couple of these other guys it is going to take a little bit of time they are obviously very explosive but I think the Chiefs are just kind of one of those teams that maybe are just going to be swimming along they might not be the dominant team in the regular season but they'll just go along probably win the division even though I do think everybody in the division at least have some improvement Mm -hmm. the Broncos the Chargers and even the Raiders but they're still the team to beat in that division and I don't think those teams behind them have near enough now you won't be surprised to hear this but Justin Fields I sat here last Friday and he was three and a half to one to be a starter week one he's somewhere right around what do you got Britain plus 180 ish somewhere right there plus 190 as far as Justin Fields, the rookie out of Ohio State, to start under center week one. couple of things. First off, you have to look to week one. It's going to be Aaron Donald. Remember, Chicago travels to Los Angeles week one. That's the Sunday night game. Yeah. Uh, we just mentioned Kansas City. There's a tie-in here with the offensive line, obviously, with Chicago, which is a huge question mark. Yeah, and I believe uh, we were talking to Brad Biggs, Matt Humans, and I, who is the beat writer for the Bears for the Chicago Tribune, and he said, look, we've already had four guys here work at left tackle, and not one of them being Tevin Jenkins, who is going to be out for an indefinite amount of time. Yep. That's a guy that they traded up in the second round to get out of Oklahoma State. So, you know, when I was uh, following Twitter on Saturday during that game, it was the Bears against the Dolphins, and Dalton had a bunch of three and outs early, so it's like, start this kid right away. I'm like, do you really want to put him on the road in Sunday night football behind that left tackle position against Aaron Donald? Is that really what you want to do? Or do you want to find a softer landing spot for this guy? Maybe Detroit October 3rd for week four, or maybe, you know, kind of later on in the season, maybe against uh, the lions or at least a home game or a team that's kind of more middle of the pack. Cause you look at the schedule, they get to the Rams. Then they do get the Bengals at home. Then they go to Cleveland. They get Detroit at home at Las Vegas right here in Allegiant Stadium, then Green Bay at home, at Tampa Bay, San Francisco at home, and at Pittsburgh. 
Those teams have very elite pass rushers, by the way. So it's like, do you really want to put Justin Fields out there right away? I think he's going to start sooner rather than later because they're going to have to reach the point of no return. And you mentioned about Andy Dalton saying, look, it's it's my time. And that was the quote for Andy Dalton. Like the confidence. Yeah. Look, the ginger ninja or the red (laughs) rifle, whatever you want to call him, big red. Look, he's not willing to go. And that's what you want out of Andy Dalton. Look, I don't think his teammates and maybe everybody around the organization and certainly the fans don't necessarily believe that. But if you're Andy Dalton, you're like, hey, I'm not done yet. I'm 32 years old. I want to prove that I can still be a starting quarterback in this league, either here in Chicago or somewhere else. 33 actually is his age. But, I mean, you want that competitiveness. You don't want to be, well, I'm just keeping the seat warm for the kid. You know who could use Andy Dalton? Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) Come to think of it. All kidding aside, you know, if you think about what's happening right there, because yesterday the news out of Dallas, Dak's not going to play in the preseason. Quickly, Jason Peters, he's 39. He could be starting left tackle there for the Bears. And also remember, if you're thinking about Nagy, Nagy's very much on the hot seat. So this could be a political play with how Mm -hmm. he balances the quarterback. Yeah. Bring the rookie in later. Go to management and say, hey, listen, I'm just, I'm breaking in a rookie quarterback. Yeah, that's why I think Dalton's still going to get to go week one besides the fact that the uh, the social media is saying start the kid right away because you know people like the shiny new toy and people like to observe what they saw last so maybe not becoming a prisoner of the moment here and maybe leave Justin Fields to start later in the season Bears seven and a half over under Wes Reynolds under for me okay coming back Josh Applebaum here on the Lombardi line it's VSIN the sports betting network of course Josh will be talking about his Patriots tonight kicking off week two of the preseason in college football betting guide, which is voluminous and insane. Like it, you'd be if for 19 bucks, it's insane not to have it with you as a guide throughout the year just to get you started. Well, the NFL betting guide is coming soon as well. And Wes Reynolds is here. So I want him to talk about this for a second. Again, profiles on every team, beast and expert picks and Wes, along with Matt humans and Steve Mackinan and others, a huge part in putting this guide together. What's if I just asked you right now, NFL betting guide, boom, what stands out to you as far as just in particular, what would you say? Well, one of the things we do, of course, we have everybody making their predictions for division winners, Super Bowl and conference champions and whatnot. But we also have breakdowns where we give an opinion. Different riders have different divisions. We give an opinion on every team, whether it's an over or an under or a leave alone, like the the line is exactly right. So it's a push in terms of a season win total on every single team, break down every single team, then have that that divisional rundown, basically like who's the favorite, who's alive under underdog who's dead money in the division what the key games are throughout the season so really a lot of information then a lot of trend information that Steve Mackinnon and the guys that usually put PSW together every week are going to put in there so it is very comprehensive it is 300 plus pages analysis stats systems 
and it's 20 bucks, 19.99. So again, great job by Wes and the crew putting it together. If you go to vcin.com slash subscribe, you get a discount right now on the college betting guide and the NFL betting guide to sign up. So great job by Wes and the whole entire crew. Seriously, I, I had nothing to do with it. I just get all the nuggets when it drops. Speaking of which, and dropping nuggets, every day the daily newsletter and the podcast, Market Insights, vcin.com slash podcast. Josh Applebaum joins us now here on the Lombardi line, looking sharp as ever. Hi, Josh. How are you today? Hey, Patrick. Hey, Wes. Doing great. And uh, where's our guy, Michael Lombardi? Because he's at joint practices. We're about to break down Patriots-Eagles. I mean, I thought he had some insight for like us, I said, I'm glad I, we got Wes. I oh, can't yeah. get anybody to work around here. Michael Lombardi <laughs> is on assignment. He is. He is. Wes said it very kind. He's on assignment. All kidding aside, uh, Michael will be back tomorrow. You know he'll be fired up, as you always are, my friend. And... Just to mention, you got about 10, 11 days of steam. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm excited. So, one, no Michael Lombardi. You're going to get a lot of steam. The over-under on steam this segment and the next one is probably 11 and a half mentions. So <laughs> have, you thought of, the... <laughs> have you thought of how we're going to approach um, letting people know line movement is really going down right now, and generally you would use steam. Have you thought of what we're going to use here? Patrick, I'm, I'm thinking about a couple different terms, and we can always go to Des Moines. You know, Des Moines yes. is our go-to, you know, the sharp in Des Moines. Maybe just uh, a big move toward this team. We can figure out different ways oh, no. to, to talk about condensation. it. Condensation. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I like that. He's, he's looking for exactly. we could We could go condensation. Now, you are, obviously, you're a professional, so you don't have an allegiance with the team, but low-key you do, and it's called the Patriots. As a matter of fact, you dragged your beautiful fiancé to Patriots practice. Tonight, they open up week two of the preseason and Josh and we're looking right now we're looking at right around a point New England laying it remember the joint practices with Philly and we've seen that total jump up from 37 to 38 yeah you're exactly right Patrick so you know these teams have been uh, going through these joint practices and you know uh, what I think is notable is you know from on, in the ground or on the ground in New England the, the, the kind of the, the thing that people are saying is that the Eagles have been really manhandling the Patriots Patriots banged up at tight end both their big money free agents haven't been out there with Henry and John Smith and it seems like in these drills that they're doing the Eagles are going really hard and getting Patriots guys hurt uh, whereas the Patriots with Belichick are just kind of pacing themselves a bit here so uh, you know the, the funny thing here Patrick you know I kind of feel like last night you know where I was, I'm a Red Sox fan I was on the Yankees with the Sharks move I'm a Patriots fan but I'm looking at the Eagles tonight you know this is a, a game that opened minus two and a half New England or minus two New England or minus one and a half depending on the book and the Patriots are the popular play they're getting about two-thirds of bets across the market according to our buddy John Ewing at BetMGM but yet Patrick we're seeing this number get down to one even some shops uh, may be inching toward a pick them that's kind of the direction that it's trending remember the Patriots beat the uh, the football team 22 to 13 and their opener that was a really sharp move plus two to minus two Philly uh, looked uh, struggled a bit there, lost 24 to 16 in their opener as a one-point favorite. Uh, but really, with this move toward Philly, it's kind of a classic reverse line move. Public on Patriots, yet the Lions going to uh, going to the Eagles here. You have some system matches with the Eagles. If you look at uh, both teams who missed the playoffs since 2014 in the preseason, if you just take the dog, a very simple system here: 86 and 62 ATS, 58.1 percent covering the number that would match with the Eagles. Then also a non-conference dog against an opponent who missed the playoffs since 2014. That's 99 and 77 ATS, 56.3%. So uh, my question, Patrick, is when we get closer to game time, will there be any buyback here on the Patriots? Because the angle to me is, you know, we still have this QB competition, quasi-competition. You know, Cam is still a minus 350 favorite to start week one. But maybe with these, uh, kind of the way the schedule is changing, instead of four games, now it's three 
does this game two here become more of that game three dress rehearsal that we're used to seeing where more starters end up playing? But uh, as of now, there's really hasn't, it's been public New England money, but not respected New England money with that line going toward Philadelphia. Again, does it? do you see any buyback pats or does it get down to pick them or even hop the fence to the Eagles? But I would say, Patrick, if you want to sweat an under, this thing's kind of stayed the same. Some books were 37 and a half up to 38. I saw one that was 38 and a half down to 38. But either way, we do have a system match. Unders nine and one uh, on set on Saturday. They're 14 and three so far in the preseason. And the magic number is 37. If the total is 37 or higher, the under is 62% since 2014. So Wes, what's your take on this game? You know, uh, would you be looking at the, uh, the line move to the Eagles and any thoughts on that under maybe with a kind of a high total in the preseason? Yeah, the total I'm probably going to leave alone, Josh, because I'm seeing some variants out there. Circus sports, 37 and a half, some 38 and a halves right now at William Hill. So, you know, it's really been kind of right in the middle there. So I didn't know really what to do with the total. I do agree with your side though on Phil. Philadelphia. I think if you're still taking one, that that's a good point to take. We are starting to see some pick them though at some faraway places. So to that point, yeah. we've kind of mentioned usually when a team loses week one in the preseason, you're playing a team that wins week one in the preseason. More often than not, that 0-1 team is usually the play. And then that's not exclusively across the board. You still got to handicap each game individually and not blindly follow a trend. But to that point, Nick Sirianni at home here in Philadelphia, new coach, wants to prove that, you know, hey, I can get the job done. He wasn't the sexiest name in terms of a hire. They didn't get some big name that had been a head coach somewhere else. Sirianni was the offensive coordinator under Frank Reich uh, in Indianapolis. They also worked together in San Diego in years past. So he wants to prove his mettle a little bit, and I think that that's kind of important. Now, it's baked into the cake, but I still, to that point, like Philadelphia here. New England also, I was mentioning that with Patrick, Josh. Uh, I think they're down like four tight ends. I was just reading yeah. some of the local stories there in the Boston media and uh, they might have to get somebody off the street to play tight end for this bunch. Yeah, good job, Wes, because I'm seeing a couple of pickums pop up right now off the one and a half opener New England's way and Josh with you. Again, a 37 opener bet up to 38, 38 and a half as Wes just mentioned. Remember, we went 13 and three to the under so far. Actually, if you include the Hall of Fame game, 14 and three to the under. As far as how these teams will approach week two of the preseason this year, we'll come back with the answer next here, Lombardi Line. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. GM has a deal for you. Sign up now using the bonus code VSIN1000 and your first wager is risk-free up to 1000 bucks. Doesn't get better than that. Just go sign up right now. BetMGM.com. Download the BetMGM app. Again, risk-free bet up to $1,000 using the bonus code VSIN1000. They have everything at BetMGM. A variety of parlay selections, uh, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odds specials, everything. It's the king of sportsbooks. So, again, VSIN1000 for that risk-free play up to $1,000. 
BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem 1-800-GAMBLER. So as we welcome you back here on the Lombardi Line, Michael will be back tomorrow. I'm Patrick Maher. He is Wes Reynolds. And, of course, our buddy Josh Applebaum, Market Insights, is the pod. We constantly are discussing. It's, it's funny, you know, with a couple of the pros I talked to, they were bitter. And, Wes, you can speak on this. When they lost a preseason game, you know, for a for a professional handicapper, they they almost derive more value out of betting into these preseason games as opposed to having a very sharp number in week 17. That's one thing over here. But the actual approach and the motivation for how these players, how these franchises, how these coaches are going to approach preseason is fascinating. I thought Michael Lombardi was perfect on this. So week three generally, Josh, would be the quote-unquote dress rehearsal in preseason where you throw your big guns, uh, you, the starters play more than they have in weeks one, two, and four in the preseason. Well, obviously this year we've gone from four preseason games to three outside of two teams. What Michael Lombardi said is he still believes next week will be the dress rehearsal because you have that two-week layoff from week three of the preseason to week one of the NFL. So again, just just to be teased before we went to break, but that's the answer, Josh. Michael Lombardi still believes you're going to see these teams throwing the most at us in week three of the preseason. Yeah, I think it's a great point, Patrick. So, again, that was our question of how will they, uh, you know, approach these games. And, again, you know, Sharps love preseason. I think it's funny. When we – before the Hall of Fame game, there was this big, you know, debate on Twitter, like, should you bet preseason or not? I think there are a lot of people who said, you know, Camp A is don't touch it. It's too volatile. You have no idea who's playing who isn't. But really, Camp B is wise guys love it, and they can take advantage of information-based bets, Patrick. So, a uh, really perfect example here would be uh, looking at the Kansas City Chiefs. So, uh, one thing I noticed, and just if you do your homework and you're on Twitter and you can take advantage of information as soon as it breaks and then beat these numbers before the odds makers adjust, that's to me where you really make a lot of money. So, look at the Chiefs right now. This is a tweet that just came out uh, from Adam Schefter, uh, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, on how much you will play the starters Friday night against Arizona. Quote, we'll, ha- we'll go a full half somewhere there about with the starters. Then the twos and threes will take the second half. So uh, my approach there, Patrick, would be looking at uh, Kansas City, who they were they're one and oh, they beat San Fran 19 to 16, covered the plus one and a half versus Arizona, who had that kind of walk off their uh, field goal to win 19, 16, cover the minus two. Whole point here, though, is Kansas City at Arizona tomorrow night. They open minus two, minus two and a half. They now been up to minus three. But here's the other angle, you know, targeting a first half play. If Andy Reid is telling you, and that's the beauty of preseason, these coaches will literally just tell you what they're going to do. Uh, obviously, you know, gamesmanship regular season, they'll never do this. But Andy Reid's telling you, Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Kelsey, they're going to play their guys uh, possibly the whole first half here against Arizona. Minus three, if you target a first half bet, I think it's around minus one and a half. That could be worth a bet here. So, again, to your point, Patrick, uh, don't laugh at preseason. If you take advantage of this news and jump on it quickly, you can take advantage and really make some money here with that Chiefs possible first half minus one and a half play tomorrow night. And you know that actually happened last weekend. I think it was a Saturday afternoon game. It was Denver against Minnesota. And the <laughs> line had already moved to Denver because we knew, okay, Kirk Cousins is not going to play. But this got put out in terms of how many. It wasn't just the quarterback because the quarterback, I think for most casual betters, moves the number. But when you also say, okay, we got three defensive backs out or three offensive linemen yep. out, and you'll see that in the regular season, that is going to move. And this got reported that Minnesota was sitting all those 
those guys. I think it was from Courtney Cronin from ESPN, who is the Vikings reporter, and reported this before the game. The line really didn't move because they didn't focus on it because everything is so predicated, I think, on like quarterbacks and position players. But it's like if you're down where it's like, okay, three offensive linemen aren't going, that should affect the number. It usually doesn't in terms of the better's mind. So what Josh is saying is absolutely true. You have to really look and follow these different beat reporters from these different markets because they're going to get that out there because they want to put the information out there. So they're going to tweet that out and you got to be ready when that's going to move because keep in mind the guys behind the counter, they got Twitter accounts too and they got them open. So (laughs) they're going to move it before you get a chance to bet it. And then it's just basically a race to the number. It's a great point, Wes. And again, you know, not news driven as opposed to data driven. That's the preseason. But Wes and Josh, you bring up a great point. If you're on Twitter and you're not following these beat reporters for these NFL teams, you're just behind the eight ball. If you're not following the kids that run the blogs for their college teams, Mm -hmm. you're behind the eight ball. Those blogs, uh, first off, the beat is the most arduous. These beat writers, they grind, but they're traveling with the team. They're creating and cultivating relationships with these teams. So they have the information. Mm -hmm. But you know this, Wes, the, the college football blogs that are run by essentially the students, that's where you're getting the real information when it comes to college football. You do, and all these colleges too, by the way, they have different affiliates, whether it's Rivals or 24-7 yes. Sports, which uh, used to be Scout.com, now merge into 24-7, but also these student newspapers and, and these student blogs, the Daily Hoosier mm-hmm. the, or the Daily Boilermaker or whatever you want to call it. These things have good information, and you know these players and the like will talk to these guys and they don't know necessarily what they're saying and it's nothing stopping these young guys from reporting this stuff. Yeah, it's interesting too, Josh. We didn't see the first year coach angle come through so far in the preseason. I'm just thinking Campbell. Uh, I'm also thinking Arthur Smith's team looked terrible uh, down in Atlanta. But generally you're looking at, you know, quarterback battles. You're looking for those in the preseason. We see that kind of slip away with Baltimore, which is interesting. So Baltimore has won, what, 17 straight. Uh, John Harbaugh record ATS in the preseason is legendary. We get that. But Trace McSorley's done, or at least for the preseason. So that Huntley's now in the mix as, as far as Lamar Jackson's backup. I bring that up because why don't we touch that game? Baltimore at Carolina, open three, sitting three. I'm actually seeing a couple of three and a halfs with Baltimore, probably based on all the fervor that's beca- that's created behind John Harbaugh in the preseason. Uh, but again, there's not a backup competition. I'll start with you, Wes, on that one. We don't have a backup competition because of the Trace McSorley injury. Mm -hmm. No, we do not. And you look on that Baltimore side as well. Now it's 18 in a row. And look, excuse me. I I said 17, right? 18. I I lost actually going against them last week. I took new Orleans. I didn't buy the hook. I don't do that in the preseason because there's all these hinky scores and situations in the regular season. I probably would have bought it up to three and paid the extra, you know, 15, 20 cents, whatever it would cost depending on the number. But Saints had six turnovers last week and that's what lost them the game because Baltimore got very lucky I think to win that game and now I believe the all-time record in terms of preseason wins I think is Vince Lombardi I think he had 19 in a row in Green Bay from 1959 to 1962 in that span so Baltimore could tie that but one thing about that these trends, when everybody starts to know about them, it gets baked into the cake with the numbers. So that's why you're Absolutely. seeing, I think, now Baltimore three, three and a half. 
I would be maybe more on the Carolina side here. Carolina lost their first game. I know Matt Rule, not a first-year head coach. Second year, Sam Darnold and a lot of the starters didn't play. But Carolina, I thought, was relatively competitive in that game. They actually led most of it. So first game at home, maybe give Sam Darnold. Now look at your papers and see if he's going to play down there in, like, the Charlotte Observer and whatnot. But, you know, they probably want to give the fans at least a look at their new quarterback. So I would be more on the Carolina side here. Josh, Baltimore, Carolina. Wes, I'm right there with you, my man. You know, one thing that we're looking at is obviously this McSorley injury. You know, you don't think it really matters too much overall, but they're down quarterbacks here. And will Lamar Jackson play? You know, we're we're unclear on that as well. I think it's a great point that Wes makes in terms of trends. And I, I draw a distinction between trends and betting systems. Trends can be meaningful or meaningless, depending on what you're looking at. Uh, betting systems are different because you have a bigger sample size, and it doesn't really matter what teams you plug into the betting system. If there's a big sample size and they're historically uh, profitable, then I put more weight into that. So the point here is that, yes, everybody knows Baltimore's won 18 straight. Jim Harbaugh, or, uh, John Harbaugh now 34 and 15 ATS in the preseason, 69%. I mean, that's unbelievable there. But here's the key, guys. Anytime it was it was three and a half with the hook, it came back down to three. Anytime the hook has been available with Carolina, it's been scooped up. So I'm right there with Wes. You know, uh, the public is just going to probably money line Harbaugh and just say, let's, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But getting the hook to me is meaningful. You know, the other one I want to throw at you guys is the Jets here. The Jets are at Green Bay. And here's another information-based bet. We just saw uh, a tweet come out uh, talking in terms of what's going to happen with Jordan Love. And we have the coach uh, LaFleur saying Jordan Love is unlikely to play. You know, Aaron Rodgers is sitting out. It's going to be Ben Kurt and Jake Dolagala, who was actually, when I saw Patriots back practice, he was the, the guy throwing the ball for the Pats. He's back with Green Bay. So you basically have a really sharp line move to the Jets. They opened plus two and a half. Now they're minus two and a half. A couple systems here, you know, looking at a team that missed the playoffs versus made. I'd be looking at money lining the Jets here against a Packers team that really has no quarterbacks in the spot. And I just want to say, just to circle back to Baltimore, Josh, and good job on that. I, yep. I just want to say not all backup quarterback battles are created equally. The reason <laughs> I brought up Baltimore and Trace McSorley and Tyler Huntley is because that's generally, Wes, a, a program that carries two quarterbacks as opposed to three. Yeah. So that backup position is, is super important, and McSorley and Huntley know that. Yeah, and exactly. And also, you look at it, too. Baltimore, I think, has been so successful over the years, I'll go back to a point I made earlier in the show, because they have guys that can run the ball as quarterbacks. McSorley can run the ball. He certainly was in a spread deal at Penn State, so can Huntley. So, remember Baltimore when they had Troy Smith and yeah. all those guys and they were like beast in the preseason in the second half because they could break busted plays. Well, it's like, you don't want to have a quarterback that's totally different than Lamar Jackson. If you're <laughs> gearing the offense toward Lamar, you want to have somebody who can step in and run that offense the same way. You're both on the Eagles tonight. Josh, Mr. Baseball's not here, but I do have two Mr. Baseballs. Let's start with you. We got about a minute. Yeah, a couple ones real quick, guys. Sound the alarm. White Sox against a lefty day here. They're going for the sweep. They've won three straight against Oakland. The White Sox have been great at home. Uh, I think they're 36 and 19 as a home favorite here overall. Sharp move, minus 135 to minus 145. Also, the beer makers. You guys want to make any beer with me tonight? Looking at Woodruff. Big move, minus 175, up to around minus 190. Anything, West on the way out? I actually think that that Sox price on Dylan C's is relatively reasonable. Not too big here. Cole Irvin going to go. He's supposed to go last night against Lance Lynn, so I I'd be on it with Josh. When the Astros and the White Sox play at lefties, more often than not, I'm going to be on those teams. Pleasure to work with you, my friend. Good to be with you, Ben. Thank you, buddy. Josh, sweat those Tigers. The nuts coming up next. Michael Lombardi will be back tomorrow right here on the Lombardi line. It's v the Sports Betting Network.